I'm Shanna Hutchison, dietitian, blogger, and mama, born and raised in the heart of the Midwest. I believe that wellness goes way beyond what we eat and that our body size does not determine our worth. I am passionate about showing other women how to live a life they truly love, one that feels purposeful, that helps them feel their best physically, mentally, and emotionally, and that being a mom can be one of the best things you ever do without it becoming your entire identity. This is a place you can come to hear vulnerable and interesting conversations about health and wellness, motherhood, entrepreneurship, and more. If you want to find freedom with food, learn how to improve your overall well-being, and stop waiting for a number on the scale to start living your best life and go after your goals, then you're in the right place. I'm so excited to learn and grow together. This is the Wellness for the Win podcast. Hi guys, happy hump day if you are listening to this on the day it comes out and good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is that you are listening to this. It still feels really cool thinking about all of you out there in the wild <laughs> tuning in, whether you are driving or folding laundry or taking your morning walk and listening to my podcast. I'm truly so grateful to those of you who tune in and it still feels kind of surreal. So thank you so much, first of all. So for today's episode, I am solo. Um, I wanted to talk about some things that I started to chill out about as Rhett got older. As a new mom, it is very easy to freak out about literally everything. (laughs) Um, And I personally struggled with postpartum anxiety, especially in the first six months or so, but honestly, throughout the whole first year and beyond. Um, You know, at the time I'm recording this, I am 17 months postpartum. But if you're a mom, you know that most of us still worry about a lot of things constantly. And sadly, that will probably never go away completely. But certain things do get a lot easier and a lot less stressful over time as you get more experience as a mama and have more chances to see that certain things are not the end of the world and won't mess your child up forever. Um, I feel like when Rhett turned one, it was kind of like a turning point for me. Just all of a sudden, a lot of things felt easier. I was a lot less uptight about certain things. A few months back, I shared that I was thinking about doing an episode on things I chilled out about and I got a lot of interest in this topic specifically. So I did a question box on on my Instagram stories about this to see what you all had to say. And not surprisingly, many of our answers were the same. So I hope this will be helpful for any expecting or new moms or even seasoned moms who may benefit from these reminders. And just knowing that you got this, (laughs) it's gonna be okay. Things do get easier over time. And most of all, you're not alone. Also, of course, just a disclaimer that as always, obviously all babies are unique and you know your baby best. So I truly believe that you should always go with your mom gut and it's pretty much always right if you ask me. So just wanted to throw that out there before we dive in, but let's go ahead and get started. Also, these are in no particular order, so they are not necessarily in the order which I stopped freaking out about them. Um, So first off, one thing I majorly relaxed about as Rhett got older was screen time. So when he was really little, we did really limit this. Um, And obviously, it's recommended when they're little newborns to kind of limit screen time. But as he became really mobile and started running around like a crazy person 24-7, which for him was around 11 to 12 months, Sometimes I wanted to cook a meal or do something and keep him in one spot for more than 15 seconds without hurting himself. And I would utilize screen time for that. And guess what? Nothing bad happened. So we have also utilized the iPad on multiple road trips at this point, And it has been literally a freaking lifesaver. 
We will also watch cartoons together on Saturday or Sunday mornings. And honestly, those are some of the best snuggles that we get from him these days (laughs) because, again, he never slows down and sits still for two seconds. So in that sense, it's totally worth it. It's one thing if they're never playing outside or playing with toys or reading books or doing other activities, but if you're occasionally using screen time to get stuff done or honestly to just give everyone a break to chill, no shame needed whatsoever. We are all just out here doing our freaking best as moms. So yeah, just know that it's okay. And my mom likes to remind me as well that we watched TV a ton (laughs) when we were kids. Granted, you know, that was 30 years ago, but Regardless, we turned out a-okay. And yeah, so I think that's a helpful one. I always get messages from moms saying, thank you for showing that you let Rhett watch TV because there's like this unrealistic idea on Instagram, I guess, her social media in general, that no kids ever watch TV and all they do is play you know, perfectly developmentally appropriate games and activities (laughs) every single moment of the day. And that's just not the case. So anyway, for anyone listening and looking for a super cute show, we absolutely love Trash Truck on Netflix. I talk about it all the time, but Rhett is literally obsessed with it. And it's 100 times less annoying than Coco Melon, in my opinion. So yeah, definitely recommend Trash Truck. Check that out. So next up is letting Rhett play independently or not always feeling the need to be playing with him. So several of my followers responded with this one as well. So this is something that I honestly still do struggle with at times, but especially when he was really little, I felt like I always had to be down on the ground with him, always playing with him, doing whatever he was doing or helping him do what he was doing. But over time and from a variety of things I've seen on Instagram or heard on podcasts, I've learned that independent play is actually really good for them and helps them learn. So sometimes I have to really challenge myself to just let him be and watch him play from across the room and give him space and autonomy to explore on his own and also struggle sometimes. You know, I think it's okay to to let them figure things out. And, you know, of course, they're going to get frustrated at times. And at a certain point, you may need to help them. But giving them the opportunity at least to figure things out is really empowering for them. So that's something, again, that I do still struggle with at times, but give yourself permission to not be playing with them 24-7. If you need to get something done and they're occupied by toys, enjoy it and do what you need to do. Next up is letting Rhett see me on my phone. So as he started to get older and more aware, I always tried to like hide being on my phone in front of him. Um, I obviously, I think it's still important to have healthy boundaries with our phones and not be on it constantly, especially if we're like mindlessly scrolling social media or something versus paying attention to our child. But I would feel stressed about it even if I was like texting my family back in front of him or more importantly, doing work. You know, my blog, my Instagram account, et cetera, requires me to be on my phone a lot. And finally, I came to the realization Okay, he's going to grow up in a world where phones are everywhere. I think it's important to still, again, have a balance with them and be intentional about our use. And I do still try to be off my phone for the most part when he gets home from daycare till he goes to bed and really be as present as possible. But I don't stress over hiding it from him anymore, especially if I'm doing work or, you know, texting a friend back or whatever that may be, because phones, again, they're always going to be part of our lives. So having some sort of healthy balance and realistic balance there, I think is important. So moving on to the next one, I got a ton of responses from you guys regarding food. So I'll share some of mine in the food department as well. 
And at the end of the episode, I'll share a few more that you guys submitted too. So thankfully, I personally never worried too much about Rhett making a mess while eating solids because I knew from the start that it was an important part of the process and could help him have a more positive feeding experience than wiping his face every two seconds. So he has always made a mess with food. We don't worry too much about it. That's just part of the process. I was pretty cautious about sodium when he was really little. And once he hit a year, I really did not think too much about it anymore. I, of course, I still think it's important to be mindful of it, but for certain foods, keep in mind, they aren't consuming a massive amount of them anyway. So it's not that huge of a deal. I also didn't stress too much over how much solid food he was eating in the beginning, especially because again, I learned from so many resources I used before we started was that letting him lead is the best thing you can do. And their intake is going to fluctuate from day to day for a ton of reasons, just like ours do as adults. One thing I did stress more about when he was younger was snacks. I wanted to have more like consistent routine meal times versus letting him snack all over the place at random times. I do know, you know, based on my episode, one of my previous episodes, I think episode two with my friend Alyssa, who is a picky eating specialist, she did touch on the fact that having some structure can be helpful. But, you know, in real life right now, he's around 17 months and he is currently freaking out and losing his shit (laughs) if dinner isn't ready yet. And it's just like insane. I'm like, are you seriously hungry all the time, even though you're eating constantly? I mean, he plays so hard all day at daycare, I think. And he eats a ton at daycare too. So anyway, he's just a hungry growing boy. And that's just where we're at right now. So I've kind of gotten over the whole not wanting to give him snacks thing. I'm like, here, have a handful of puffs that those will keep you happy for a few minutes. And guess what? It's not the end of the world. You know, (laughs) if it makes all of our lives easier. And again, I don't know. I still sometimes like wrestle with that. I'm like, oh, I don't want to create bad habits, blah, blah, blah. But we're just, again, doing our best here. So I have started to just let him have a few more snacks But we still do have, you know, regular meals as well throughout the day. Um, He gets breakfast and lunch and some snacks at daycare during the day. And then we do dinner at home on weekdays. And then, of course, on weekends, he's home with us. So anyway, snacks are something that I've 100% chilled out about because they just make life easier. Another thing that I thankfully did not stress about that much when he was a small baby was his weight gain and growth. I think a lot of people get really hung up on percentiles and comparing their babies to other babies. Thankfully, I was in a Facebook group of other breastfeeding moms that always talked about making sure your baby is growing on their own curve. As long as they're having plenty of wet and dirty diapers, they're happy, they're eating well, they're gaining weight. That's really all that matters, even if they're on the smaller or bigger size. You know, babies are just like adults and that their bodies are going to grow like they're supposed to if we trust them and let them lead. So, of course, I have to say, too, that we were fortunate and that we didn't have any health issues with Rhett when he was a little one. He wasn't premature. I know that's a totally different story for you know, anyone who's in that that space and you have to be watching weight more closely and a lot of things like that. So again, totally understand that there's a huge difference in, in those situations. But for most average healthy babies, I really don't think their percentiles are worth losing sleep over. So, you know, again, if you're in that those early stages, especially try not to worry too much or compare to other babies growth and just focus on your own baby. And if they're eating well and they're happy and they're growing, that's all that matters. 
Okay, friends, really quick, I need to talk about some of our favorite products that we have used throughout Rhett's whole life. Tubby Todd. I'm sure you've heard of them, and if not, you're welcome. They're famous for the all-over ointment, which we loved and used all the time when Rhett had super dry skin as a little babe and his cradle cap, Um, and we absolutely love all of their bath soaps and shampoos as well. Their products are all pediatrician and dermatologist tested, and they have gentle body care basics for the whole family, including you, Mama. Another item of theirs that we love is the Sweet Cheeks Diaper Paste. It works like a charm and magically makes diaper rash vanish overnight, which makes my heart really happy because seeing his little bum red makes me super sad. (laughs) Head to the show notes to grab my affiliate link for 10% off your purchase and make bath time better with Tubby Todd. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Next, something I got significantly better about as he got older was doing chores while he's awake, (laughs) like vacuuming, folding laundry, cleaning the kitchen, whatever it may be. And this kind of goes along with like the independent play thing, but just letting him not only play by himself, but also see the time and the work and the effort it requires to keep up our house. Obviously, he doesn't really totally understand this right now as a 17 month old, but eventually he will have a better understanding and start to be able to help do some of these simple chores, even if it's just like cleaning up his toys. So I don't have to cram 150 things in during his nap and just like giving myself permission to do some of these things while he's awake and watching has been a big one for me and something that I've gotten messages before from other moms who you know, kind of felt the same way about this kind of thing. So I think it's a helpful mindset shift to have. And again, giving yourself permission to not do every single possible thing you could do during nap time, which again is something that I'm still (laughs) still working on. Sleep, of course, is something that we have to talk about because I think sleep is always one of the top ones that so many moms worry about. Obviously, sleep is important. I think it's so important to remember, though, that they will go through so many phases with sleep no matter what, and none of them are permanent. They will go through, you know, developmental leaps and growth spurts and have separation anxiety, and then they're teething, and the list goes on for, you know, all of the many reasons why they may not be sleeping well. I think social media gives such an unrealistic expectation of what sleep should look like for newborns. And that's another amazing thing I learned from the Facebook group that I'm in early on is that if your baby isn't sleeping well, it's not necessarily because something is wrong with them or something's wrong with you or your parenting. It's developmentally normal for babies to wake up in the middle of the night. I think that's a very important reminder. I remember the week that Rhett turned 12 weeks and it was time for me to sadly return to work after maternity leave. He all of a sudden started sleeping through the night and he did it almost every night that whole week. And I was like, holy shit, maybe we're done with middle of the night wake ups and feedings. And he slept incredibly well from, I want to say like three months to seven months. And I was like, man, that was easy. You know, the the newborn stage didn't last that long. And here we are. And he's sleeping through the night, blah, blah, blah. And then I guess he had what you would call a regression. I think it was actually around seven months or so that he had his first like really bad cold. And I also went away for a bachelorette party for the weekend. And those, of course, happened at the same time. And after that, I feel like his sleep was kind of all messed up. But I didn't really stress over it that much or question it so much. I just really tried to follow his lead. And don't get me wrong, there were absolutely very long, exhausting nights and frustrating times and times that Ethan and I had to take shifts and switch off and, you know, lay in the the recliner in the nursery with him and let him sleep on us for hours on end 
or that I'd nurse him multiple times just because it was the fastest and easiest way to get us all back to sleep. But again, those phases didn't last forever. Eventually, his sleep got better again, and then we would have another rough time. (laughs) You know, I want to say around 13 or 14 months was another really rough time for sleep with him. And even though I kept breastfeeding until around 15 and a half months, I stopped offering to nurse him in the middle of the night around, I think, 11 or 12 months. So if he woke up crying after that point, I would just rock him back to sleep or Ethan would or, you know, whatever. But now, again, at 17 months, he has been sleeping extremely well, knock on wood, (laughs) and through the night for the past several months. But as they all say, everything is a phase with babies. It's not permanent. So try to remember that when you're in the thick of the really hard times. Someone also submitted one saying that they would let their baby cry longer as they got older. And I can honestly say that we did the same. I wouldn't say that we did the, you know, full-blown quote-unquote cried out method by any means, but oftentimes if we waited even just like five minutes to see if he would calm back down, more often than not, he would end up going back to sleep. So if you're a mom, you probably know by the sound of your baby's cries whether or not there's a chance that they'll go back down to sleep or not. So if he was like hysterical and clearly needed comfort, I would of course go get him. But if he was just kind of like whimpering and wiggling around, he would usually fall back asleep pretty quickly. So again, I definitely would wait longer as he got older. And again, when he was a tiny baby, I would, you know, jump at the first, (laughs) the first sound he made and, you know, immediately go get him or rock him or whatever. But yeah, it's definitely easier as they get older and you do learn that they're able to go back down. Obviously, again, everyone's comfort level with that is different um, depending on, you know, different circumstances. But I think that became much easier. So now I'm going to read through a ton of the others that were submitted, although there were a lot of overlapping responses. But the most common response was that so many moms said that they chilled out about literally everything as their baby got older. And I would agree, you know, of course, outside of their safety, things like buckling their car seat properly every time, of course, you know, things like that, we are going to continue to be conscious of. But otherwise, you know, other little things, they do get easier over time. And again, experience and learning your baby, learning yourself as a mom. So I'm just going to read through some of the submissions from my followers. So one of them said that my baby will survive going a day without a bath. And oh my gosh, absolutely yes. (laughs) So confession, we have really never given Rhett daily baths. So when he was really tiny, his skin would get super dry if we did that. So we would go like every few days. But even as a toddler, we tend to do every other day or even every two days sometimes. If he's not super dirty, he's fine. When you work full time, they go to bed at like 645. You're trying to get dinner on the table and then you don't really have the time or the energy to bathe them every single night. It's whatever. Sometimes you got to pick your battles. (laughs) And again, we are in a phase right now where Rhett is like totally losing his mind over the bath. And it's just sometimes like a battle that I don't want to face. And so guess what? He's not getting a bath every day right now and I don't care. He's fine. So another one that someone submitted was spit up, and I can agree with that. Rhett was always a quote-unquote happy spitter, according to our pediatrician, because, you know, he didn't seem bothered by it. She said it was a laundry problem, not a medical problem. He was growing fine, eating great. So I would agree with that. Of course, as a brand new mom, I was so concerned about it. And 
thinking, oh my gosh, I feel like he just spit up that entire feeding. But yeah, over time, again, it was something that I didn't stress nearly as much about. Several people said daycare nap length or just nap length in general, uh, wake windows, developmental milestones. Absolutely yes to that. Again, social media is such a blessing and a curse because I think we're constantly comparing our babies to other babies. So they're truly all going to just go on their own timeline. Of course, you know, again, talk to your pediatrician as they're growing and if you have any specific concerns about their ability to meet certain milestones, talk through that. But, you know, for the most part, they're all going to get there eventually. And if they haven't hit it by the time that you think that they should, just be patient, be patient with them, trust them, let them lead, and they will more than likely get there sooner rather than later. Someone submitted they stopped worrying about their baby using silverware <laughs> and that they still eat with their hands like at a couple years old and totally agree with that. Rhett eats with his hands more often than not, probably 90% of the time. It's just way easier. I know I need to like give him the opportunity to use more utensils more often, but regardless, you know, he uses his hands most of the time. Several people said I stopped Uh, telling my baby to be careful all the time and now I let them explore without constant fear again that is something that I'm definitely still working on but it's it's getting easier slowly just because Rhett is such a climber I think they all are but he is just very into everything wants to explore wants to get into all the things and he does hurt himself sometimes but again it's like well he'll learn I guess what his limits are you know of course I'm going to be close by and make sure he doesn't like severely hurt himself but you know the scraped knees the bumps on his head occasionally they're going to happen so I just have to you know let go of that to an extent several people said they stopped worrying so much about germs if their binky falls on the floor it's not the end of the world you know I completely agree with that you know I would be like wiping toys and binkies and all the things like obsessively when he was tiny and again we have to be mindful to a certain extent about certain things but sometimes it's just like okay It's not the end of the world, especially if it falls on your floor at home. But uh, if you're anything like us, you know, he would drop his binky and it would be covered in like 500 pieces of dog hair. So, yeah, sometimes you have to (laughs) to wipe things off. Okay, quick break to talk about the prenatals that I've been taking and loving for years. Full Well Fertility, formerly known as Full Circle Prenatal. These are formulated by a fellow registered dietitian who is passionate about women's health and wanted to create a supplement that was evidence-based, effective, and high quality. They didn't cut any corners with these prenatals. They use third-party independent testing for harmful contaminants such as heavy metals on every single batch produced. And these supplements provide optimal doses and bioavailable forms of nutrients to support women before, during, and after pregnancy. I can honestly say I've never felt nauseous from taking these, and I feel really good about all the research that Ayla has done to create such an incredible product. If you're in the market for prenatals, you can use my affiliate code Wellness for the Win to get 10% off your purchase. Okay, back to the show. Several people, again, talked about, you know, they stopped stressing so much about mealtimes and snacks and introducing foods one at a time. I do have a baby-led weaning blog post that kind of touches on this, as well as all the resources that I used to help us get started with our feeding journey that 
I found super helpful. Specifically, the the best thing that I loved during that time was the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast. It is hosted by Katie Ferrero, who is a registered dietitian, and she has, I think, seven freaking kids. So anyway, her podcast was really helpful for me. She has like quick bite-sized episodes on like every single topic and question you might have about feeding. So definitely recommend checking out that podcast if you're anticipating starting that journey in the future. Some people mentioned that they stopped stressing out about tantrums. Someone said that they were really triggering at first, but then just accepting them for what they were was helpful. And I definitely agree with this. And I do try to remind myself that it is part of the normal developmental process and not something that can be totally prevented. And just remembering that more than anything, he just needs my comfort and my presence. And that helps get me through when it is like really freaking exhausting and frustrating at times. I feel like motherhood in general has shown me that I can actually practice a lot of patience, like more so than I ever have been able to in my life. But there are times, absolutely, especially in this toddler phase where tantrums are like more frequent than I ever imagined. Again, I just need to be there for him. I can be patient. We can like, you know, breathe through it together. And yeah, it's easier said than done for sure. But I totally agree that it does get easier as you just accept that they're part of the process. A lot of people said they stopped worrying so much about honestly just what they eat. So like peanut butter and jelly, quote unquote, processed foods, you know, not every meal has to be this big fancy production. If they are getting protein and fat and carbs and ideally a variety of foods, that's okay. You know, (laughs) again, we're doing our best. It doesn't have to be anything super fancy and just like simplifying it, I think can make everyone's life easier. So yeah, definitely don't freak out about about serving them processed foods and on that note, you know, serving yourself processed foods and processed foods. I could do a whole separate episode on that because there's so much misinformation out there about processed foods and keep in mind that there's a spectrum of processing. Again, I'll go off on a tangent, so I'll try to do another follow-up episode on that uh, topic specifically. Another one was baby putting their hands in their mouth after touching everything, which is kind of similar to like dropping the binky and stuff. And yeah, again, you know, I just view it as a way to uh, build up their immune system. And again, especially because Rhett does go to daycare, he is constantly exposed to other germs, other babies. They're all chewing on the same stuff and it's just part of it. So yeah, definitely good to just like let it go because it's not gonna go away. (laughs) Um, Several people said they stopped stressing about the toys being everywhere. Again, completely agree. You just have to pick your battles and we can't have clean houses 100% of the time or even 50% of the time. So yeah, we have also just let it go. Ethan is definitely more of a clean freak (laughs) than I am, but I try to help maintain some level of cleanliness most of the time because I know that's important to him and it kind of stresses him out when there's stuff everywhere but it could be a lot worse and I I know that with you know every baby I'm sure it just gets more and more out of hand but for now it is decently managed but you start to just like overlook the clutter and it's like whatever Several people said that they stopped stressing about giving their baby formula rather than breastfeeding or even just supplementing with formula, which I think is really important to mention. I think there is so much pressure to breastfeed, and I know it's not something that everyone necessarily wants to do 
or is able to do for a variety of reasons. I personally had an overall really positive experience with breastfeeding aside from some struggles in the first few weeks especially, but I had some really great support in the beginning and throughout the entire journey that helped me so much. I recognize that not everyone has that or again, even wants that. So if breastfeeding though is important to you and it's something that you do want to do, I definitely encourage taking some classes during your pregnancy to help you prepare as much as possible, as well as setting up some visits with a lactation consultant or having someone on call that you can reach out to early postpartum to help you with any questions or struggles that you may have. So absolutely know that if you choose not to breastfeed for whatever reason, or again, of course, if something happens and you're not able to, that is 100% okay. Formula is a wonderful option as well, and you do not need to feel shame for that. So definitely wanted to, to throw that one out there as well. So yeah, I think that's most of them. Again, a lot of them kind of overlapped, but a lot of responses about them getting dirty, germs, letting them explore, but you know, trying not to freak out about them being careful and hurting themselves every two seconds, allowing them to play independently. Screen time was definitely a big one. Just so many good ones. So again, if you're a new mom, I see you. I remember the early days of stressing over every single tiny little thing. And again, I promise it does get easier. You learn so much as you go about your baby, about yourself. You gradually gain confidence in your abilities. You gain confidence in your child's abilities. And you can trust that it's going to be okay. You do not have to feed them the perfect diet or have the perfect schedule or do all the perfect activities for brain development all day, every day to be a good mom. Just make sure that they're loved, that they're fed, they have shelter, and allow them to have fun and explore the world and get messy and let them be little. I hope this was helpful. If you enjoy episodes like this, please be sure to let me know. You can leave a rating and review, and I will maybe share it on a future episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and if you really want to help me out, you can take a screenshot and share this episode to your stories or send the link to a fellow mom friend. Your shares mean so much and really help me continue to grow my show and continue to share stuff like this. So if you find it helpful, please share and just know that I'm super thankful and grateful for all of you for being here. So thank you again for listening today and I will talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode and took away some tips or wisdom that you can apply to boost your health and happiness starting today. If you did, I would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review to help other women like you find my show and get inspired to start living a life they love. Also, take a quick screenshot and share it to your Instagram stories. Be sure to tag me at wellness for the win so I can see why you love today's show. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you next time.